I don't have religion. I have a relationship. I don't have religion. I have a relationship means I don't want objectivity. I want subjectivity. Don't bother me with externals. I could care less for the common and don't get me started about the physical. I want purely spiritual, subjective, and extraordinary. I don't want what is common. The problem with that is Christianity. <laughs> God became man. doesn't get more religious than that. The universal became particular. The superhistorical became historical. Spirit became flesh. The invisible, visible. It doesn't get any more religious than the hypostatic union. You can't get more common than this is my body broken for you. Reformed Christians are therefore quite religious. And it doesn't get more religious, it doesn't get more religious than preaching and what we believe about preaching. You see, preaching God's word is objective when it's preached from God's word. It's objective, it's external, and it's common. It's for all people, for the whole world. We all have access to it. But it is quite extraordinary. You see, we believe as Reformed Christians, we believe that preaching, preaching makes Christians. We believe preaching saves. And we believe preaching keeps Christians Christian. We believe, live, act, worship, pray, study, think, and parent from the preached word. The way of preaching is the way of life. To be reformed is to love preaching. So to be reformed is to love the church. Reformed Christians love the church. I happen to know that Lutheran Christians believe the same. <laughs> and we love to go to church. We love to go to church because we believe preaching saves. Paul says in Romans 10 verse 14, how then will they call on him whom they've not believed. How are they, and the they are the everyone of verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on Christ, and you are the everyone who is saved. If you call to Christ, you're the everyone who is saved. That's the gospel. The gospel's real easy. It's thief on the cross easy. Remember thief on the cross, the guy dying beside Jesus says, remember me in your kingdom and that day. Remember me in your kingdom. The moment you first believed in Christ, that very moment, paradise was yours. The very moment you believed in time, at some point in your life, you believed and at that moment you became timeless. Forever belonging to God, not of this world with a righteousness that will never separate you from the love of God, not your own works, not your own righteousness, 
with the righteousness of Christ as if you've never sinned nor been a sinner, but as if you have been perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for you. The gospel's easy. The gospel's so easy. You, fit, you simply forsake your righteousness. You forsake your righteousness and receive Christ instead. The gospel's easy, but there's a difficulty with the gospel. And the difficulty is, the, is this next part, verse 14. And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? So the difficulty of the gospel is the hearing part. We need to hear. How do we hear? If the faith is all about hearing, then we hear the sophomoric atheists say, what about the man on the deserted island? The man on the deserted island, and I crumble. Oh, no. You've ruined my whole theological edifice with the hypothetical deserted island man. (laughs) What about the man on the deserted island? Evangelicals answer, he will receive a vision or a dream or, or something subjective, something mystical. Do not put God in a box. But you just boxed him into the subjective, into the extraordinary. And the deserted island man becomes the most spiritual of all. He is super platonic man, void of all means as he taps right into the divine. Taps right into the divine, free from all constraints, free from the physical, external, objective world. He doesn't even need a skinny jeans worship leader with a tattoo just below the elbow on the inside of the forearm. So when he raises it, you can see that he has a pass. He's been there. He knows you. Sorry. It's a sacrament in some parts of the world. He doesn't need that. He's Superman. He has the subjective. He is the true evangelical. Now, according to Paul, unbelief is the reason everyone is not saved. And belief is not a work that saves us. It's not some subjective ladder we climb to get to heaven. Verse 6, look at verse 6. Romans 10, 6, Paul says, But the righteousness based on faith says, it speaks, he personifies faith, and faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down. We don't bring heaven down or raise it up by our might or by our experience. It's not like our faith is doing something that's pulling heaven down. or raising it up, or raising us up, or even raising it down, verse 7. Faith doesn't say who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. The only ladder climbing in Scripture is Christ. And Christ climbs up and down the ladder of his gospel. Christ. You see, the gospel is history. The gospel is objective. It's particular. Christ descended in the incarnation. He descended in the incarnation, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was buried. He descended into hell. But then he rose again. He ascended over sin and death. He destroyed sin and death by the cross. And now exalted in heaven, Jesus Christ, exalted in heaven, descends to his people. 
through the gospel that is the preaching of the word. The preaching of the word is the ladder to God. It's the means of grace. The preached word is the ladder of grace. So reformed types are not the type of Christians, the kind of Christians who put our hope in personal devos. Have you been doing your devos, brother? You see, it's never our reading of the Scripture in Scripture. If you look closely, it's our hearing. Nor is it raising us up. We don't raise ourselves up. We're not raising ourselves up. We don't raise ourselves up for, who'd you vote for, brother? Oh, wrong person. You're going to hell. (laughs) Right person. You've made it. The glories of heaven are yours. You're loving enough. Are you loving enough, brother? You're serving enough, brother. You've raised yourself to heaven by your own good works. But we are raised to heaven by by the objective. We are raised to heaven by objective, external, common, religious means. We are raised not by the law, but the gospel. And that is the good news preached to you. Paul writes in verse 8, look at verse 8, he says, but what does it say? What does faith say? Here's what faith says. The faith says the word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Faith says the word is in you, near you. It's a part of you. You are the word in you. The word lives and breathes and has its life in you. That is the word of faith we proclaim. Proclamation. The word of God enters our life and binds us to Christ so that it is no longer I who live. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. In the life that I now live, I live by faith. And faith comes by hearing. Jane is always ready to go for that answer. I love it. It's Christ in me through preaching. Look over to Galatians again, our scripture reading, our gospel reading for this morning. Paul makes the same argument in Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. Or excuse me, Galatians 3, Galatians 3, verse 2. Paul says, let me ask you only this, so a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by what? Hearing with faith. That is, were you regenerate? Were you justified? Were you born again by the law or by hearing? Was it what you did that justified you or was it what you heard that justified you. Verse 3, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, the Christian life begun by the Spirit, that is, begun by hearing, are you now being perfected by the flesh? That is, are you now being perfected by the law? So hearing got you in. You heard the gospel. You got in. Now you just need a bunch of law. You need to get out there, get busy, and you'll be a sanctified, good Christian. And then you're what, according to Paul? Foolish. (laughs) Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or hearing? Is it hearing or works? That's the question you have, law or gospel? And gospel comes by the ear. The gospel makes a hearing community who live and move by the ear. Hearing. Hearing with faith. 
The center of the Reformed faith is preaching. To be Reformed is to be a hearing community, a people of the ear. And this is the emphasis of Scripture. It is the emphasis of Scripture. How did God create heaven and earth? God created heaven and earth, literally, he preached it into existence. God preached, let there be. And God preached the kingdoms of this world into existence. He preached the visible and the invisible into existence. And in the gospel that we live and move by, God first preached in the garden to Adam. He preached the gospel to Adam in the garden given us an example of, of what the faith really is. It's a preaching faith. After Adam's sin, God preached. Israel gets in trouble. God delivers. They go to the Red Sea. God parts the Red Sea to deliver his people. It says, by the wind of his breath, he literally preached the Red Sea, and it divided and saved his people. And that same breath, that same preaching breath of the God was extended to the prophets who preached to Israel and gave them new life. It's the valley of vision. The valley of vision, the breath of God gave new life to that valley. And it's that same breath of life that gives life today. So Paul commands ministers to preach in season and out of season. And Peter echoes an amen. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Since you have been born again, and not of perishable seed, since you've been born again, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed. Through the living and abiding word of God, you're born again, he says, by the living and abiding word of God. And we say, amen, for the flesh, all flesh is like grass and its glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen, amen, the word of the Lord remains forever. And people forget the next verse. And that is the good news we preached to you. Literally, that is the good news we preached into you. We have preached new life into you. You see, God works through preaching. Very common, but very extraordinary. We're justified by the preached word. We're sanctified by the preached word. If you have your Bibles and a pen, you want to mark this verse. Colossians 1.28 often overlooked text, not overlooked by the Reformation. Colossians 1.28. I'll give you a minute to turn there and get your highlighters. All right. Now you calm down. I'm getting excited. All right, here we go. <laughs> give me a moment. Calm down. Sometimes you get, you, get too, you get too excited as a minister. You preach too fast. All right, let's relax. <laughs> Colossians 1.28. Him we proclaim. Christ we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. And why? There's a so that, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Do you want to be mature as a Christian? You know, one of those discipleship type Christians, you know, a discipleship religion? Discipleship's preaching. You want evangelism? Preaching. You want to raise a godly home? Preaching. You want to be a godly man, woman? Preaching. Not you preaching. Hearing. Hearing Christ proclaimed. Him we proclaim to present everyone mature. For this I, lo I toil and labor, he says. I work strenuously and I work hard in the text. 
That's the minister's calling, to work in this text, laboring with God's word to proclaim Christ, that you might be mature, because faith comes by hearing. You see, the entire Christian life is very easy. Here's the secret to the Christian life. It comes down to this one simple, very easy thing. Go to church. (laughs) The Christian life comes down to this one simple thing. Go to church. Go to church, for faith comes by hearing. Verse 17, back in our text. Oh, I I can't abandon the glasses. Uh, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We need to hear, but not just any hearing. Verse 15, how are they to preach unless they are sent, Paul says. It says, how are they to hear without someone preaching? Verse 15, how are they to preach unless they are sent? The verb sent there is the Greek word apostle, apostle, excuse me. How are they to hear without, without there being an apostle. An apostle is an ordination word. It means to be ordained. It's the ordination word. An apostle is someone who's set apart. Apostles don't set themselves apart, by the way. They are set apart by the church. The people of God sets them apart, sets them apart to be trained and sent to proclaim the gospel. And the verb sent there is passive. So it's a passive verb. They're not sending themselves because apostles don't send themselves. Ministers don't send themselves. Apostles don't send themselves. Actually, in the Old Testament, those who sent themselves in the Old Testament were proof that they were false apostles, false prophets. Paul didn't even send himself. You say, what about Paul? He did send himself. Who sent Paul? The church in Acts 15. The church ordained and sent the apostle. And then the apostle sent Timothy. And he commanded Timothy to set apart men, train these men, send them forth. Approved by God to preach in season and out of season. He told these men to Timothy, they're men worthy of double honor. Double honor because their work is the preaching of the gospel. You see, the Reformed faith is a sending faith, a churchly faith, because it is a preaching faith. We're therefore Presbyterian, and and the highlight of our worship is preaching. A lot of Christian, Christian traditions have like, you know, a little 15-minute homily. Reformed, you know, it's 35, 40 minutes. In a good church, it's an hour. We're not that good, thankfully. I don't want to bore you to death, make you all fall asleep. Verse 15, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, he profits from Nahum. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How beautiful are the feet. Reformed ministers need pedicures. That's what he's saying here. No, this is not about pedicures. Uh, The word beautiful is actually usually translated, the word, it's usually translated timely. And preaching is beautiful because it is the right time for salvation. It's the right time to hear the gospel and be delivered from our sins and misery. Preaching saves. That's, whole, that's Paul's whole point. There's an order salutis here. There's an order of salvation here. If you track the order backwards, you see that preaching saves. Look at verse 15. Preach the good news. That's how he ends. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Preachers are those who are sent. Those who are sent preaching. 
and then people hear, verse 14, and those who hear believe, verse 14, and those who believe are those who call, verse 14, and verse 13, those who call are those who are saved. Salvation follows this order. Preach the word in season, out of season. People will hear, they will believe, they will call on the Lord and be saved. That's the Reformation in a nutshell. That's our Reformed theology. So there's no salvation outside the church. Ooh, that's a hard one. Who said that? Anybody know who first said that? Cyprian, third century. Oh, you know who else said it? Calvin, all the reformers. It's in our confessions. It's in the Westminster Standards. I don't know if the Baptists put it in there. Reformed Christians are high church Christians because we're Catholic Christians. Here's a hard one. You cannot have God as your father until you have the church as your mother. Who said that? Cyprian. And guess who else said it? Calvin and all of the other reformers. Because that's what Paul says. You see, the guy on the deserted island needs the church. What about the guy on the deserted island? What about him? We've got to get to work. We've got a lot of work to do. There's deserted islands, apparently. And there's some guy trapped on there. <laughs> We've got to go find him. Wilson and all. So we're a missional faith. Because faith comes by hearing. That's the ordinary way that God commands. Faith comes by hearing. And God's therefore not trapped in a box. He's trapped by his own word, which he's promised to us. So what happened in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit descended on Peter and he preached to the multitudes and over 5,000 were saved? The man on the deserted island needs Acts 2 too. Yeah, I think that works. We need the word preached. Verse 16, he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's, that's an, the JSV is better here, sorry, the Jared Standard Version. The, very, the Jared Standard Version says, but not all who have really heard the gospel. Because the word obeyed there is the same word, it's akuo, where we get the word acoustics. It means hearing. It means, it's upo akuo. It means hearing a certain way as in, are you listening? I know you're listening, but did you hear me? That's what he's saying. I know you're here. I know you're listening, but do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear the gospel? It means the preached word, he's saying the preached word is not always effective, but they have not all really heard the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Who has believed, Lord? Isaiah says, I've been preaching the gospel. Nobody believes. Jesus said the same thing. Jesus said in John 6, there are many of you who do not believe. Why, Jesus? Why don't they believe? And he says, because it is not granted them by the Father to believe. You see, behind hearing to truly hear, to truly hear, you need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works with the preached word. Come verbo perverbium. The Holy Spirit works with and through the word and through the preaching of the word. The Holy Spirit is regenerating and he's making Christians. The Holy Spirit is working through the word and he's keeping Christians. God is sovereign in preaching. You know, the doctrine of sovereignty that the Reformed and everyone points to us for being the great, you know, proponents of the doctrine of sovereignty, which we are. Sovereignty. 
God's sovereignty is in preaching. God works with the preached word. Listen to Acts 16, 14. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart. She was listening to the word, and the Lord opened her heart to pay attention, to hear. Not just listen to Paul, but to hear. She didn't just listen to the gospel, she heard the gospel. The Lord opens our hearts to hear the preached word through the preached word to hear the preached word. 1 Corinthians 1.18, For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. We are saved by the foolishness of preaching. So we say, what's the Christian life preaching? And the world says, that's foolish. What about all these other things we got to do? We got starving children over here. We got wars over here. We got to get voting. The poll places open. We got all these things. You're over there saying preaching. And you're over there saying this external historical thing that came and happened 2,000 years ago. What about to now? What about now and today? We got to get busy. You want salvation? Get busy. Do this. Do that. Foolish preaching. First Thessalonians 1, Paul says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. And how does he know that he's chosen you? Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but in power. We know God's chosen you because you really heard the gospel. You didn't just listen, you heard. You believed. And you now live. The elect not only hear Christ addressed in preaching, but Christ addresses us through preaching with conviction that saves, for faith comes by hearing. And preaching is an eschatological event. That is, we hear the word, and we become participants of heaven. We hear the word, and we become participants of heaven. The ladder of God, the word preached, is the ladder of God, where the Spirit of Christ descends to take us to Christ in heaven, that we might have fellowship with the Holy Trinity through the body and blood of Christ. Preaching is sacramental. It saves. And because it's sacramental, it not only saves, it also condemns. Verse 18. But I ask, he says, have they not all heard? Indeed, they have heard. For their voice has gone out to the ends of the earth and their words to the ends of the world. They've all heard. They've all listened. But I ask, did Israel not understand? That is, did they not truly hear? They didn't really truly hear. Because Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. And with a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Israel heard the gospel. They heard the prophets. They heard the good news and the Messiah and and the salvation that was come and the new covenant and so forth, but they didn't really listen. They liked the law better. You know, God spoke of deliverance, but they said, yeah, but we got all this other stuff to do. They hardened themselves with the law and went after that which is no God, so God made Israel jealous with that which is no people. So Paul quotes Isaiah in verse 21. He quotes Isaiah a text about Israel, and he applies it to the church. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me, and I have shown myself to those who do not ask for me. We are the Israel of God. Preaching is the bond that binds heaven and earth. 
Preaching is the bond that binds heaven and earth. Preaching is the bond that binds us to the righteousness of God. Preaching is the bond that seals us to the love of God. And it is the bond that unites the believers in the Old and the New Testament. Preaching is our Catholicity. Verse 21, but of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. God stretched out his hand from heaven to earth and descended for Israel. But Israel denied, the nation denied his grace. And that's a warning for us. They were the people of God and God came and descended through the preaching of the word, but they denied. And the warning to us is do not deny the preaching of the word. Do not forsake the assembly of God's people. Don't forsake the assembly of God's people for your personal devos. Preaching is life. Don't deny the church because of your own personal piety. Piety doesn't save. Preaching does. Alone in the woods is not the church. Alone in the woods is, you know, people who say, well, alone in the woods is my church. Alone in the woods is your church is a subjective false piety. True piety is don't forsake the assembly of God's people. We are reformed. So we've turned away from man's ideas. Reformed by the preached word, to be formed by grace alone, through Christ alone, in his church alone. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.